Yes. So last week, Pastor Doug, he started and we started a new service, Advent uh, series, not service series, and he spoke on hope. This week, I get to speak on peace, uh, and I felt like <clears throat> earlier this week during during my work week, it seemed like my peace was being attacked. My my work computer was not working, and I was getting frustrated. And then on Friday, I woke up late to snow, which was not predicted. Thank you to my friend, Sean, <laughs> who usually can predict it all well and tells us what's coming. But he missed that one. So I was late with snow, had to drive slow. But it gave me the opportunity to pray on my way, and God gave me some peace and rest. <laughs> But so today, we get to speak on peace. But before we jump into it, let's just pray and ask God to do what he wants to do today. So Lord God, we just surrender this service to you. We surrender our hearts to you today, Lord God. We ask that you would speak to us, Father, that we would receive and that the words that you speak to our hearts, Lord God, would find fertile soil and they would take root and they would grow. In Jesus' name, amen. So peace, as it's described in the dictionary, is a state of tranquility or quiet, such as a freedom from civil disturbance, freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions, harmony in personal relations. How many would like some harmony in some personal relations right now? Family coming soon, holidays. A state or period of mutual concord between governments. How do you know how many know that's rare? Many of us, as you know, that's the description in, in the dictionary, but how many of us kind of have our own idea of what peace is or what peace looks like? Some of you, maybe guys, think of peace as out on the river fishing with nobody else to talk to you, <laughs> just quiet. Maybe it's a sunny beach where you can just bask in the sun. Maybe it's a cozy cabin in the woods with a good coffee and a book. How many are readers in here? How many sounds, that would sound like a great idea. Away from everybody, I could just drink my coffee and read a book. That sounds great. Maybe some of you like to hike. I like to hike, and that is peaceful for me, just uh, getting off into nature and areas that you can't drive to. I enjoy doing that. Maybe your idea of peace is Bob Ross. <laughs> if you don't know who Bob Ross is, he was an artist who had a television show on PBS Public Broadcasting Service. And just the, the, the whole show is just very peaceful and serene. And he's sitting there and he's painting his little happy little trees. <laughs> And it's funny, my wife has actually turned it on lately for our kids and um, having them watch it. And, and they sit there and they watch the entire thing, which is amazing. And she told me she's, she likens it to probably a train wreck to where they just can't look away <laughs> until it's finished. They have to know what it turns into. And so, so to bring peace in our home, we're having them watch Bob Ross and watching him paint his happy little trees. And he was painting this one the other day. He was painting this 
winter scene and he's like, yeah, and a happy little tree here in the mountain and some snow. I like winter scenes. They're the easiest to paint. I'm like, nothing what you just did was easy. So <laughs> if I tried to do it, it would look like a mound, a molehill of dirt. But we each have kind of our own like thought of what peace is or would look like or w- would bring us peace if we were in a certain situation. But peace isn't, uh, you know, anything external that is in our world. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For us, to us, a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice, with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. See, Jesus, he's the prince of peace and he governs peace forever. In the Hebrew, this word peace is probably one that you've um, many heard, shalom. And it's used 237 times in the Old Testament. And in addition to peace, shalom also means uh, or can be translated into prosperity, well-being, health, completeness, safety. How many of those like actually define peace to you? Like, yes, each one of those. So Jesus is the prince of shalom. He's the one whose government and peace, there will be no end of shalom. In the Greek, the, the word for peace is irene, and it's used 92 times, and it's essentially is translated the same way as shalom. In Ephesians 2, 13 through 18, it says, But now in Christ Jesus... You who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace. So he's the prince of peace because he is peace. Who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility? Come on, that's so good. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man In place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, he is peace. And if you need peace, you need him. You need Jesus. So Isaiah prophesied Jesus' birth and prophesied that the Prince of Peace would come to the earth. So when Jesus died and rose again and then went back to heaven, did peace leave with him? No. John 14, 26 through 27 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things... And bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. 
Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. See, when Jesus left to go be with the Father, to sit at the right hand of the Father, he said, Father, send them my spirit. Send them my spirit of peace. And he did, in the spirit of peace, the Holy Spirit came, and now we have a greater access to it than was ever possible when Jesus walk the earth it's more accessible to us so we have access to that spirit of peace second timothy 1 7 says for god gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and of love and self-control in other translations it says power and love and a sound mind and when it says back in john you know peace i leave with you my peace i give to you not as the world gives do i give let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Because fear is a spirit. And you need to understand that. It's an unclean spirit from the enemy who doesn't want you to experience the peace. He doesn't want you to experience the Holy Spirit and the peace that he brings. But God says, hey, that's, that's not from me. That fear, that anxiety that worry, that depression, that is not from me. I give you the spirit of peace. Now, I want to highlight, though, there may be periods of time in your life that there is unrest and uh, disquiet, I would say, when you are not in obedience to God. Peace comes as a, as a byproduct of your obedience and submission to God. And if you, you don't submit to him, if you don't obey what he says, either in his word or his personal conviction to you, there's going to be unrest in your soul. And that's not, that's not an oppressive spirit. That's just like, that's not you obeying what God told you to do. And so you're not going to have his peace. Philippians 4, 8 through 9 says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard, seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. See, sometimes we're like, God, give me peace. I need your peace. I'm in unrest right now. And God said, um, well, just obey me. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that, but God, just give me your peace right now. It's like asking you to, asking that, to not get rained on, yet not put the umbrella over your head. Well, God has given us the umbrella. Okay, you want peace? Just come under the umbrella of peace, and you'll have peace. Well, God, can't you just make the rain stop? Just make the the turmoil and the worry and the anxiety and all this, just make it stop. Well, come under my umbrella of peace. Submit and surrender to me. Do the things that I've told you to do, and that will get you to that place of his covering. If you get out from underneath his covering, you're not going to have peace. It just doesn't work like that. So if God has told you to do something, or you're living in contrary to what the word says, you try as you might, you will not get peace until you submit and until you surrender. Because Romans 8, 6 says, For this, to set the mind on the flesh 
is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Submit to God, life and peace. Live according to your desires, your will is death. Jen said in the first service after worship, but God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We have our own ideas of what will bring us peace, fishing, Bob Ross, maybe shopping, I don't know. But God knows better than we do what will bring us true peace. And we need to submit to him and his ways and not look to our own ways. So we've been talking a little bit about peace, but what is the opposite of peace? The opposite of peace is war, conflict, distress, worry, turmoil, chaos. I think probably all of us have experienced some of those at some point. The opposite of peace is Black Friday shopping. (laughs) How many have done some Black Friday shopping? Like in its purest form, where you get up early and you go to the store before the doors open and you all mad rush for that toaster that you've been wanting. Like (laughs) before we had kids, me and my wife, um, before the crazy entered our home, we decided we didn't have enough crazy, so we needed to go search for it ourselves. So we went actually the night before to this one store because we needed to get this deal on this computer. And we spent all night in the cold. I think this was in, we were in Portland and lined up with how many ever hundred other people ready to, you know, charge the gates as soon as they opened. <laughs> and open they did. And it was, it was, it was chaos. It was a mad rush. People are pushing and shoving. And I run and I go grab the computer and, oh, this is going to be such a great deal. It's, it's going to, you know, save in our bank account and stuff well it lasted about a year before the the hard drive on at friday and we had to buy another one but but black friday shopping is crazy like i've literally at another time seen grown women fighting <laughs> over socks <laughs> i was like originally 10.99 now 5.99 and you're punching somebody over five dollars like i gotta have those socks I think some of you also have witnessed this. It's quite comical. I would, I would actually just sit there and be like, wow, this is, I, I come for the show. Like, this is great. <laughs> uh, but so chaos and turmoil are the opposite of peace. In Luke 8, there's a man from the Gerasenes that we're going to read here in this passage of Scripture. It says in Luke 8, starting in 26, says, Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For for many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but would break the bonds 
and be driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had been gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had, those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. That man experienced some extreme torment and turmoil. A few years ago, I experienced some pretty intense turmoil myself. There was a, a dark time in my life, and it had nothing to do with my external circumstances. Everything actually was, from the outside, going quite well. Kids were happy, healthy, my job was good, banking account full, my wife was good, everything was was good, but on the inside, everything was not good. It was dark. It was heavy. It was oppressive. It was a lot of worry and anxiety and just a, a tightness and a heaviness within inside of me. And, and I couldn't, and it affected just every part of my life. My wife could see it, and she would ask me about it. And it was even hard to describe at times, other than it's just really dark. And it affected, I couldn't hardly sleep because all through the night, I, that, that same feeling, that same heaviness and, and just that feeling would not leave. And I couldn't get rid of it. And I remember this one day taking my kids to a parking lot to go ride their bikes. And I, I took them there and I got their bikes out and they, they started off and ran their bikes around. And I remember as I was... I was watching them. I, I found a curb, and I sat down. And I was just watching them ride their bikes around, and they were so happy. Their faces were smiling. I mean, what's happier than, you know, an 8-year-old, 9-year-old, 10-year-old riding their bike, just free as a bird? And for me, normally, you know, watching my kids be happy brings me joy, brings me peace. But I remember sitting there and watching them be free and peaceful, yet I was bound by a darkness, uh, a turmoil that I couldn't get free of, that I couldn't get out of. Try as I might, I couldn't get out of it. And it makes me wonder, and we're going to see here, what it might have been like for that man from the Gerasenes. So let's watch that skit and see what it might have been like from him. People would ask me what it's like to be in that, that state of mind. Well, I'll tell you the truth. 
you don't want to know. Now, I will tell you that if you take your worst moment, your, your darkest hour, a time of your life that just represents great despair, the valley of the shadow of death. Now that was my best day. You add to that the, the screaming voice of your accuser shouting every lie you've ever heard or believed about yourself, shouting, shouting every, every fear each and every waking moment. It's, it's like a wind. It's like a, a, a wind howling. Like a wind that's a, it's a, unleashed inside my body. It's like a, like a wind in a storm that's so strong it, it turns over the, the, the fishing boats out on the Sea of Galilee in the middle of the night. When it, it, it's so cold and it's so loud. It's so loud. You have to shout just to hear your own voice. It's so loud. You beg, beg for it to stop. But you realize no one else hears it. And you're willing to do anything you're willing to do anything just to make it stop so you could just think so that your mind and your body could just for once just rest Christmas. <laughs> a lot of people think that Christmas begins, well, for them, it begins with the manger story. Uh, their first glimpse of Jesus is as a sweet little baby. My first experience with Jesus terrified me. He wasn't any little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a straw. This was a full-grown man. His eyes ablaze like fire. His body was wrapped in, in the power of God Almighty. I screamed out his name. Well, it, it was my voice. But I wasn't the one talking. I, it's, it's not something that very many people are, are comfortable talking about, especially these days. But my first encounter with Jesus, he drove demons out of me. He drove demons out of me. 
And not one, but many, many. For years, for years, I, I, I wasn't in my right mind. I couldn't remember my own name. I couldn't think my own coherent thoughts. It was like being trapped inside my body, down deep. But I was not myself. I, I was not myself. Then, then, then those storms and winds would rage. Oh, they rage. They're so strong. They're so strong. It's like the, the winds that would tear down and turn over trees and houses. I was, I was a hurricane of anger in my own village. My own, my own family had to tie me up in chains. Oh, it's, it's shameful to even have to say this, but my own family, can you think about it? Can you imagine? Can you imagine having to put shackles and chains on your own boy that you raised? But you had to shackle him because he is such a danger to you. My, my own mother, how many years she must have prayed for me and yet had to avoid me because I was such a danger to her. She feared me. Oh. It's hard to even talk about it sometimes, but for years, the only place that I could find solace to sleep was in a graveyard. The only time I found peace was in a tomb. I lived for the night. I lived for the nights. And my only human companions no longer alive. And then Jesus stepped onto our shores. Right there at Gennesaret. I mean, just, just the night before, there had been a terrible storm out on the Sea of Galilee. And just with his voice, just with his voice, he calmed the sea. He calmed the storm. And then he came and just with his voice, he commanded legion out of me. <laughs> he commanded legion out of me. Jesus was not at all afraid of me. He, he saw me. And he had mercy on me. For the first time in my life, I experienced the, the quiet. 
that comes after the storm. And that quiet remains. <laughs> For the first time in my life, I felt whole. I felt safe. That was shalom. I had peace in my mind. I had peace in my soul. I had peace in my body. Oh, yes. In my own spirit. My own spirit. I had peace. <laughs> that was my first Christmas. That was my first Christmas right there on the shore. That was the advent of Jesus in my life. He came into my troubled world and he saved me. He saved me. He calmed my storm. I, I was naked. I, I was literally naked. And he put clothes on me and wrapped me as you would an infant newborn. He, he saw that I was hungry. I was hungry for peace. I was hungry for, for a purpose. And he fed me bread of life. He saw that I was shrouded in the darkness of fear. And he brought the light of truth. <laughs> and it cast out all of my fear. It cast out all my fear. All my friends, if, if you could even just imagine a little bit of how great my despair was before and how terrible it had been if you could imagine even a little bit of that, cannot you see how wonderful and how, how, how sweet and bright this new light would be? It was healing light. It was a holy light. It was... It was a light I had never experienced before and in a moment in an instant everything changed everything changed oh how I long to stay in that moment with Jesus right there at his feet forever now if you read if you read further in in Luke's account you'll see I begged I begged Jesus to let me stay with him. And I did. I, I, I begged him. But on my first Christmas, Jesus sent me home. He sent me home. <laughs> it was... He, he told me to go and tell everyone 
of my story to tell everyone what good things that Jesus had done for me. <laughs> it was, it was, it was wonderful. And, and now I love to tell my story at Christmas time. Because at Christmas is when Christ came to the earth. Is when the advent of God to the earth and the advent of our Savior to our world. When he came to calm our storms. To bring us peace. Shalom. Thanks. Philippians four six through seven says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, that man, God didn't restore his mind or his peace. He gave him a new mind and a new peace that he never experienced before and it blew him away it was a peace that surpassed all understanding anything that he had experienced before and God set him free Jesus set him free now the conclusion to to my story as I was in this place of darkness where everything on the external said I should be at peace but I wasn't and I tried everything I possibly could I, I tried reading my Bible more I tried praying more I tried worshipping more all the good Christian things that you should do and I found that I couldn't do it. I couldn't free myself. I couldn't get out of that pit. I couldn't free myself from the lies that the enemy was telling me, the oppressive thoughts, the emotions. I was stuck, I felt hopeless. And I finally got to a point where I literally cried out, God, I can't. I can't do it. I can't get free. And in that that humility and that weakness, God did it. He brought me out of a pit that I couldn't get out of myself. Jesus set that man free from something he could not free himself from. 
Jesus set me free from something I couldn't free myself from. And in my weakness, he saved me. He brought me out. So how do you get free? How do you get that peace? It's through Jesus. Isaiah 26, 3 through 4 says, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. When we surrender and when we submit, God will bring you out of that place of despair. We can't do it on our own. You have to trust on the rock. You have to trust that God is not only able, but willing to do it. He wants you to experience that peace. He wants you to experience perfect peace. And that only comes by him. Peace is not governed, true peace, perfect peace is not governed by our external circumstances. Sure wasn't with me. Everything on the outside was great. Everything on the inside was not. And on the flip side of that, when his perfect peace comes, it doesn't matter what's happening around you externally. There could, you could be caught in a literal storm. If you read through you know, Paul's account as he's in a literal, literal storm, he's like, it's going to be okay. Why? Because God's perfect peace was with him and he trusted God. See, I have known now no other peace like the peace that Jesus brings, like the peace of his presence, the peace of Jesus' presence surpasses all understanding and overshadows all worry, all fear, all anxiety. When you submit and you surrender to him, his peace rules and reigns in your life. Let's stand. Some of you here today, I know, maybe have gone through or are currently going through maybe what I have gone through. And you feel like you can't get free. You feel like there's all these thoughts and these voices speaking to you and you don't know how to quiet them. You don't know how to drown them out. Maybe you're in a pit of despair, depression, and you can't get free. God wants to free you. He wants to give you his perfect peace. And I know he can and I know he will because he did it for the man, Gennesaret. He did it for me. I know others that he's done it for, and I know he wants to do it for you here today. So as we go into worship, could I have the prayer team come on up? If that is you this morning, that you are struggling, you're in a place of unrest, of turmoil, of chaos, and you want, you want to get free. You want to experience that perfect peace that surpasses all understanding. I'd ask that as we go into worship now, that you would humble yourself and that you would come forward and you would say 
God, I can't do it. But I know you can. Be a little vulnerable this morning. If you truly want freedom, be a little vulnerable this morning. And let God free you. So let's go into worship and let's get some freedom. Let's get some peace.